Welcome to 52 Weeks of Flow. This is a moving river podcast hosted by multifaceted entrepreneur and transformational coach Bia Marie Annie. In this podcast, we want to help you discover the concept of flow and show you ways to get into flow and how you can keep your life flowy. Hello, 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 and welcome to 52 Weeks of Flow, where we talk about all aspects of flow in our lives, how to create it, how to maintain it, and how to access it whenever we want. If you like to support the show and learn more about what we do at Moving River, you can check out our website, www.movingriver.com, or check out www.superwoman.coach for our Superwoman training and circle. You can also find us on Instagram at moving underscore river, or you can find us here, right here, right now. How convenient, right? We will be talking to experts from different fields how flow is part of their world. And today I am utterly excited to talk to a really inspiring woman who has changed my life in more ways than one. She was UK's number one Madonna impersonator, traveled the world with her own show. She is a published author, a transformational coach. She is elevating entrepreneurs into trailblazing icons through strategic expression fueled by a feminine business approach, has two wonderful kids and created business by pleasure. In my mind, I call her the pleasure expert and you will find out why. I'm so glad you are here. Welcome my friend and all over powerhouse, Evelyn Brink. Sound effects coming, I'm, I'm yes. sure, right? Yes, there are constant sound effects. When you blow your fair, that's when you know you've made it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That was a lovely introduction. Thank you, Bea. You are How very exciting. welcome. So let's dive right in and talk about pleasure. How it is linked to flow and why you created business by pleasure. I created business by pleasure and the reason I created business by pleasure is that pleasure pleasure and expression are the common thread through all those different things that I've done in my life and also the way that I have found myself and clients to be much more or become much more successful and have more flow and ease and all the good stuff. This is why I've, I talk about pleasure a lot. But so to, to give this all a context where I've come from, background is entertainment, as you know. And I've been staged from the age of five and studied musical theater, had my own show in New York. And I got into coaching because I was always interested in how things actually work. Like, what is it that makes you be confident? What is it that has you shine? What is it that makes you into this star? Like, what is it? Uh, and and so I got into coaching 20 years ago. So it's been a long, long journey. But in I've also been performing myself because what I didn't like about coaching, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners will understand this piece, is there's a lot of selling you back the dream you never lived yourself in the coaching industry, right? So I had to I had to deal with that battle within myself 
and see, well, how can I create what I want in my life first before I tell everybody else how to do it? And so I went and I performed even more and I wrote more songs and I, I found success as a Madonna impersonator and I traveled the world, not pretending to be the queen of pop, but to, but to play tribute to her. And that's a real big difference because if I try to pretend to be someone else and I'm not, it really doesn't work. Authenticity has become a really big word for me to explore because, you know, professionally, I was someone else, but how, how can you be yourself when you're someone else? And that was a big topic that I explored. Um, and then I became a mother and my son has a life-limiting condition, so threw things really, really out. I was, right, glamorous entertainer, a successful coach, and then boom, new mom with a kid in hospital that was told it wasn't going to live. And, and life became quite, um, well, challenging is way too mild a, world, a word, really, really hard, because I lived in hospital with my son, not knowing what would happen from one day to the next. And when you live on about <clears throat> one square meter, and you look at your baby with cables wired everywhere, the word pleasure is probably not the first in your mind. Nope, definitely not. No, right? It can get really dry and really sad really quickly. And yet I found a way in that, in that space to get myself thriving. And that sounds a bit weird to say, get myself thriving. But I noticed one day on the bus that I was doing really well. And I was fascinated by that. How can you be doing really well yourself when your kid is in hospital? I found it really curious. And now my son is 10. He goes to mainstream school. I run a very successful coaching practice and I focus on what I call the business by pleasure philosophy because this, the saving grace in kind of everything I found is what I call pleasure, is finding what's pleasurable, what's enjoyable, what turns you on anywhere in your life or business. And so when I talk about pleasure, it's not just about chocolate or not chocolate. I want to make that really clear from the beginning. I talk about real life, about real application, about I've you know about surfing the brink of life and death. That's where this stuff is so is so important. So the way that I found pleasure in hospital was sometimes the cup of tea, milk in it, and some sugar, extra sugar when I'm in crisis, or after a while, it was so, I mean, so repetitive to sit in a hospital every day and. Obviously, you see a lot of things that you wish you never did in the hospital ward, you know, with kids um, being really unwell and some dying and some getting well and some getting more poorly and stuff. It's what can you do to still have some kind of sense of wanting to be alive and not just functioning and surviving this? And so I answered the question with, well, let me do something I would never have done otherwise, which back then was ballroom dancing. And so I started ballroom dancing. Really weird. Really weird thing. But that was a way that I introduced pleasure and contrast into this um, scenario. And another thing was to really look after myself. Like, What does self-love mean? When I talk about this, I really mean this in a really deep, real context. What does it mean? Kids in hospital, I don't know what's going on. What is self-love right now? And my answer was, for example, to go swimming and take care of my body even though my kid was lying in hospital. And it was a really, really big thing because it's really hard to go swimming when your son's in the intensive care. 
the thoughts running through one's head are not easy one that's a, a meditation in itself and on a practical level as well i mean i had breasts swelling up with milk where do you go with it and stuff there's love lots of details anyway <laughs> this is the the context conversation i just want to give you a context of this what i have to offer on the topic pleasure and why um, you now call me the pleasure expert is because i've dug really deep into what it actually means to, to be alive, to come alive, even when life itself doesn't seem like the most easy place to be right now. And out of that, I've developed this whole philosophy that I'm really excited to dive into today. I see why introducing you as the pleasure expert could be a little bit misleading right there. Well, I quite like why it's misleading too. I mean, <laughs> like and, 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 and let's go too, because this is the other piece. A lot of people talk about joy and you could say, oh, Evelyn, you're just talking about how to have more joy in your life. I like the term pleasure very specifically because it hints to the erotic, the sensual, the sexy. And yes, 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 that to me is really, really, really important. And that's something I find often overlooked in other philosophies or approaches, especially in personal. I don't hear a lot of people talking about integrating your sexual nature. That's and so, true. Yes, pleasure in my world absolutely includes the sexual. And that is exactly what I mean when I talk about flow. To get into flow or to be in flow, you have to bring your whole body, your whole being to it. The peak performance state that Mihai Csikszentmihalyi discovered and researched in the 60s and 70s is often misled as only a mental state. And to a certain extent, this is true. But if you look at musicians, athletes, even programmers, they are all using their whole body, their senses in their flow process. And we are sensual and sexual beings. Taking our bodies out of the equation and trying to produce flow only through our mind can work, but it's a lot harder and needs way more practice. Absolutely. So when you talk about the original definition of flow and it being momental, I'm immediately drawn to think about a piano performance or art or something like that. Is that, but then the next thought I have is, well, if you think about making love to someone, having intimate experiences, intimate play, then to experience flow in that is also when you really give yourself to the process, when you surrender body to body and allow yourself to open into this beautiful erotic experience. Would you say that is also, is that the same thing or is that a different thing for you? When you make a connection, when you get totally involved with a task, a situation, a piano, a person in or outside the bedroom or anywhere else, the possibility of you entering flow state is pretty high. When you surrender yourself to the moment, sensual play or sexual intercourse is a wonderful way to get into flow or even into group flow with your partner. Give that some space there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To let those um, mental images f flow by. Flow. I just love the term in general. It's just a really, really cool term to to bring into your life because the way the minute you say flow you already get like this like a release you know it's not like you oh, do nice. you must you should you go it's like we flow two things that come to mind on that one is when you say the word flow i immediately connect it to my period <laughs> menstrual flow. that's what i think about mm -hmm. 
I don't, yeah, maybe because it has such a beautiful flow. Maybe it's just, I don't know. I just associate that really quickly. And the other image that comes to my mind straight away is that it's when we talk about masculine versus feminine principles would be describing a very feminine principle. Mm-hmm. Now, in a gender fluid way, um, I need to point out that we're not talking about men versus women or anything like this, but we're that is correct. We are um, summarizing a set of characteristics. And when you say flow, then I call that the feminine has more flow, intuition, receptivity, letting go, being open, non-directional, unpredictable, wild, creative. Whereas what I would call the masculine would describe the set of characteristics of linear, a clear trajectory, goal-oriented, task-oriented, um, oh, has a bit more, has, is a container that holds it, is the strength, is the reliability, and basically the opposite of what we just talked about. So without judgment, when you say flow, I hear principles of femininity, and it makes sense to me that a lot of people are craving that because we are living in a society that over-fetishizes fetish, the, uh, the more masculine principles, right? It's we, we say that it, to be successful, you do the seven habits of highly successful people. You cons- Everyone's like, be consistently. You consistently post on social media. Whatever you do, consistency is always the secret to everything. And then creative beings like you and me, we're like, oh, okay. Then. <laughs> we're doomed. And And so flow is the opposite. Flow is the idea that even if I let go, it still happens. And that's exciting. That is totally exciting. I I have been absent from social media basically for two years now. And at the end of 2021, I had an idea to come back with and immediately felt the need to consistently post again. But luckily, intuition kissed me and I decided that I will only post or create social media content when intuition comes or when the idea pleasures me or when the moment is very potent. So it brings value to the world. And that also helps me separate the chatter in my mind and the door to the deep thoughts and the joy. And that's what I would like for all of you guys, you listeners, to take away from this. To find the door inside of you, to keep that door open so that you may find pleasure in hospital rooms, find your taxes pleasurable, to see beauty and light, joy in the things that you do, the words that you speak, that you... That you like to get involved with your life, that you not only find pleasure for yourself in your life, but to serve others as a beacon of light. Mm, that is so beautiful. This is what I, this is what I love about you. You have such a warm, beautiful heart and so much gorgeous energy around you yourself. And so what you're saying is you want your listeners to find that door to have more pleasure, to be more available to their world and to their own to, the, to their own feel good. Yes. I'm, I'm hearing a woman who has a lot, you have a lot of pleasure yourself yes. and this desire to share this with other people. And that's a really beautiful intention. Thank you. I yes. That. And that's why you are here. And that's why I'm here. So what I would say is I invite like people always sounds too generic, but those who feel called to this, I am, I invite to look at pleasure as a directive mm-hmm. rather than a look at like that rather than a new dogma mm-hmm. everyone comes up with the methodologies and the dogma and people say so what's the methodology here how do you do this and I'm like, well let's step back for one second then 
It's an invitation as a directive. What do I mean? Imagine a sunflower. The sunflower orients itself to this. Hence <laughs> the name sunflower. <laughs> so there always turns where the sun is, right? Yes. It's really easy. So it's quite easy for the sunflower to know where to grow because it just turns where the sun is. So the direction, the directive of the sunflower is the sun. Mm -hmm. And here we are, beautiful human beings, faced with so many choices of where to go. What is our directive? For many people, it is success, it's money, it's survival, uh, it's pleasing other people. There's so many things that are our directive. And so we tend to turn our heads um, more than 360 degrees several times a day, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> this way, that way, this way, that way, this way, that way. So pleasure is a directive, which means you can orient yourself and life towards pleasure. Now, step one is we need to identify what does that mean to you. <laughs> and I'm going to say pleasure means anything that is help that, that helps you feel alive, is your feel good, is your joy, is your turn on, is sexy, is your mmm. And that's why I love my, my little phrase, right? Helping people to have more mmm or more ah and less ah. <laughs> so if you look for your ah, for your mmm, for your mmm, yeah. This is it. This is it. Think about when somebody, uh, if you like your back scratch, do you like your back scratch? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, back scratch. Oh, your head massage. Anyway, let's go with back scratch. And you know how there's always this one spot that you want the person to go to? Like, oh, just a bit to the left, but bit up, bit up, but left. Like, oh, there. That's the spot. That's like, oh, I love this. Is it? Mm. That's your pleasure. Okay. That's the spot. That's definitely a way to see if somebody is confused about what pleasure is. It's it's finding this space, this place where you get what you want in the way that you like it. Ah, oh, it's just wonderful. So that's an orientation, and you can find pleasure, a feel good, in lots of unexpected places, especially when you start looking for it. And this is the piece that most people don't do because we are conditioned, especially as women to be in service of other people's needs, to be look putting other things first, that to be you put yourself last, right? You're a good woman, mm -hmm. you put yourself last. Don't be egoistical. First your duties, then your pleasure in German. Erst die Arbeit, dann das Vergnügen. First first the work and sense pleasure. That's what we say in German. <laughs> so we are conditioned to put this pleasure thing last. And then of course we wonder why there's never any time for it, because you know what? Work's never done. There's always more. Who knew? Yes. So pleasure is an orientation. This is quite revolutionary in my never quite so humble opinion to say, well, I'm going to orient myself toward what feels really good and towards this aliveness and to see pleasure as a luxury that I deserve and that I'm giving to myself right now. Boom. Boom. I'm going to play a Mac drop sound right here. <laughs> Wait a second. When you were talking about turning towards pleasure and that pleasure is actually a luxury, I remember one conversation that I had with my almost six-year-old now. While I was in the kitchen twirling around the house, she asked me if we could have a dance party. And usually I am all up for dance parties. Like we have them all the time. But in that minute I was 
I was torn because there was so much there was so much dirty and clean laundry in the basement. The kitchen looked like a mess. I still had to write some emails. I wanted to clean up my filing. I also wanted to build a storage shelf in the basement. And her asking to come upstairs and have a dance party or a play like totally interfered with my plans. So I was in my thoughts following the stuff that I set myself out to do when I noticed her following me around. And I got totally irritated. I have to say, those little ones are freaking smart. Because when I stopped, she stopped. And after, I don't know, approximately like two minutes, I turned around and was like, why are you tailing me? What's up? And she said, mommy, you promised that you would only clean out the dishwasher and then we go play. My heart sunk, but I was still irritated. So I asked, yes, I know, but why are you following me? And she was like, so you don't forget. And that's like, I don't know anyone to whom that hasn't happened. Do you? (laughs) Yeah, right. In that moment, though, I felt like a heartless robot. Gotta do the work. (laughs) You know, when we talk about pleasure, I... I could have instead looked at the the washing dishes or doing laundry as the journey to pleasure, as the road to what I want. Did you want to play with your daughter, like really honestly? Yes, I did. That day, I honestly wanted to play and have a dance party. There are days when I don't, I have to be honest. Then I find really, really lame excuses. That day was already extremely busy and I was on the roll doing this and doing that and that. the accomplisher was on. <laughs> yes, the accomplisher mode was on and my to-do list was smoking. What would the sunflower do at that point? Like, what is the pleasure orientation there? So the pleasure orientation is at this point, the invitation to go, okay, what would be pleasurable to me versus the conditioning of obligation. Mm-hmm. The condition of the conditioning of the good woman and the good mother is you get your kitchen cleaned and then we play. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the laundry well really. So you get the kitchen cleaned and the laundry done and the clothes folded and the ironing finished. And then if there's time, there will be time for playing. And your daughter should learn these lessons of life, these valuable lessons of life that first we do our things and then we reward ourselves <laughs> right with a with a oh. bit of play. It's like self-conditioning at its finest. Ugh. You got it. Yeah. As I find it valuable to recognize that there is a default setting that we come with. Mm-hmm. And then we evolve, like especially someone like you who is so conscious about what's good for children and so connected to your heart and so warm. Like you're really evolved in that way that you go, oh, no, dishes can wait. I want to be there for my kid. I'm going to do this. I'm going to... You're very different, you know, alternative kind of moves, actually put thought into her parenting. Really beautiful. And when we are a little bit hooked on something, like the accomplisher mode is on, then we might forget and revert to this default conditioning that goes, right, I'm just going to get the other... I am in full operation mode. Do not disturb. Do not disturb the programming. (laughs) And then it's it's hard to get interrupted. Why are you tailing me? What? Why this child always on me? What do you want? (laughs) (laughs) and then we laugh in a a session like this so I don't have a recipe in this is how you should 
instead of doing all the work first, now you should do all the pleasure first. Because that's nonsense. It's just the other side. It's, Aww, you know. I thought. Sorry, oh, sorry well, listeners. Could. Sorry, listeners. There's complete freedom. Like, it could be for you that in that moment when your daughter asks and your impulse was actually, I would love to play with you, that you go and take the freedom to play with her. But there isn't actually a right and wrong. You could also say, you know what, darling? I'm going to do the dishes and I'll play with her. It would be great if you could be in integrity with your word at that point, do the dishes and then go and play. And then there will be human peace that we dishes, then forget that she said that and do exactly what you want. The pleasure orientation is simply, well, where is the sun? Where is the pleasure? And there might be that the pleasure isn't accomplishing that day. You know, maybe you got a lot of turn on, a lot of kick from ticking things off and you didn't want to leave that mode. So you have a how-to guide in place, right? The pleasure orientation isn't the next how you should do it. Oh, you should just do it the other way around and then it's right. Because it's not. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. But it gives you more freedom to say, hey, I don't have to be functioning all the time. It's, a, it's not about having to function. Function isn't my greatest achievement in life. And then she died and she was great for she functioned her all, all the way through. <laughs> she was a good mother doing the dishes before 7 p.m. And she played with her daughter when she asked and she, did, she was always on time. <laughs> Here lies our mother, <laughs> always on time and the best ironing goddess in the world. It's like, that's the last thing I want on my gravestone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh what advice would you give your client in a situation like this? I think what I want is just to be super honest about what the real pleasure is in that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, what's, the, what's the truth of the situation? If the truth of the situation was, I actually wanted to play with my daughter and then I felt guilty that I would leave all this shit behind, then how do I allow myself the luxury of just being with my daughter when I actually wanted to? Mm -hmm. Then the pleasure would be taking the courage to be with your daughter and let the dishes be on the side. But there might be an underlying conversation here where, because you were in such a great achiever mode and you love ticking of them boxes on that day, and you were kind of on this roll that you wanted to keep ticking some more boxes and feel good about yourself in that way. Then, then there is an admission here that we take pleasure from ticking boxes. And maybe that sounds sad to some people. Oh, that's sad. You can't take pleasure from ticking boxes. But actually, you know what? Really handy really handy if you can do from ticking your boxes that'll come in very handy on some days where you have a big to-do list and you can remind yourself wait isn't it fun to tick things off and love it let me use that piece again so this is not a recipe book just like i think the whole thing with flow right if as soon as we try to make a recipe for this it loses the magic that yeah. brought us there I liked what you said about finding a door. It's like the secret door to Narnia. Yes. But not every cupboard has it. Sorry. <laughs> I just love to be really honest about these things because it's so easy to go fluffy. Yeah. Oh, just look for your pleasure. You'll be fine. You know, it's like, no. Like, really, sometimes I don't know where pleasure is. Just like the sunflower must get confused living in England. <laughs> like... <laughs> What the heck's going on here? I'm meant to turn to the sun. I haven't seen sun in months. <laughs> All right. Uh, coming back to what you said about flow and pleasure. It just came to me that what they have in common is surrender and release. Mm 
you have to let go to fully experience one or the other. Does does that make sense? It does make sense. And then my next question is, how do you let go in a context that is safe? Because we still have to get those dishes done. Certain <laughs> things want, you know, you still need to make money to pay your rent or your mortgage. It's all nice. Talk about pleasure and letting go. Like, good for you. But who's paying the bills? Who is paying the bloody bills? So how do you, from your perspective, how do you, how do you make that bridge between being safe and let go? From my experience, you have to have a certain skill set. With that, you have created a container. And within that, you can let go. Let's look at downhill skiing, for example. If I didn't know how to ski, I wouldn't hit the advanced ski slopes because the possibility of me getting hurt or scared to death or die would be pretty high. And coming back to your example of who's paying the bills? In your business, in your job, you also have a certain skill set. You've learned something, studied or did learning by doing whatsoever, but you have achieved something. You have created something. And within this container, follow your intuition and let go. And when, from my experience, intuition kisses you, follow it and surrender to it because it will take you to beautiful places that you probably have not imagined or cannot construct or push for in your mind. How would how would you describe that? Yeah, I, I would. This is what I describe with the terms of masculine and feminine. And so mm -hmm. what I hear you describe right now is that we need a balance of them always. So flow is a very feminine principle in my uh, in this context. And if we think about the flow of a river or water, just of water, if water flows, but it doesn't have a riverbed, it goes everywhere. It needs a bloody mess in it. I can't swear on this podcast, can't I? I didn't ask. No, me. you cannot. Anyway, the, so the water flows and it causes a, a mess, the flood, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. But when you have a strong riverbed or a, a, you create a wall or something, a container, also known as the masculine, mm -hmm. then the water flows within that really beautifully and becomes very, very useful. Yeah. So we need a container, we need the masculine, we need structure within which the feminine can flow freely. Which, again, does not mean women need men or vice versa. Yes, this is a principle conversation, not a gender conversation. So yes. this applies to anyone in any gender and any any place on spectrums of gender. This is not, a, again, we're just using the word, the term masculine to summarize a set of criteria and the mm -hmm. term feminine to summarize a set of criteria. That's it. Um, and I'm not saying female and male. Say feminine oh. and masculine. So just to make this super crystal clear. So we need both for it to really work. And what I've just heard describe when I said, well, so how do you make that impractical? And uh, you then started to say, you need a skill set, you need a container. And that to me translates as well, you need the masculine to hold, to have a certain holding of this wild, unpredictable, intuitive flow that can then take you to places you never imagined. And then you asked me, how do you see that? And I want to just, I want to expand this because the society we live in comes from a very male, not male, well, actually is male, male and masculine dominated place where there is more container and more structure and more holding of riverbed than there is flow of water. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Then there is juiciness. Then there's unpredictable, wild, creative aliveness and intuition. So there is a movement where we need to, where we're counteracting this by saying, hey, have you noticed the value of the kind of more feminine? Have you noticed how powerful flow is? Have you noticed how incredible we become when we follow intuition? Have you noticed that we're only actually alive when we can give in to these more softer ways and that we're drying out from the inside and burnout and uh, fatigue and illnesses happen because we're too much in this achievement-oriented process of over over action, 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 action. Um, And people go like, oh, yeah, what an interesting thought. Oh, And then, of course, you have the counter-movement of people who are like so (laughs) in there, what I now call feminine, they're just flowing all day long. I'm just going with the flow, that they have no direction whatsoever. Oh, I'm just going intuition guides me. I mean, I'm only ever posting when I feel like that's not you, Bea. But you have people like, I'm only ever posting when I feel like it because if I don't feel like it, what's the point? Well, I tell you what the point is, it's building a business. And if you're building a business, you will still need to hit certain marks. Hashtag riverbed. Like you, you do, there's a structure that you need to have. The structure might be wider in a more balanced system. And I really strongly... Uh, promote that to have it much more wider and much more fluid but there will still be a structure because otherwise you don't have a business if people only hear from you once a year twice a year that's really hard to make offers because they're like hey i haven't heard from you in like ages what do you want again what do you do so there is a point to a to being regular and to having more masculine uh, trajectories in there and then within that create this flow so you asked me how do i translate that In my world, the idea is that pleasure is a philosophy, is an orientation. So the question doesn't become pleasure or obligation. The question becomes, what would I absolutely love? Like, what's the turnout? What's the turn on? What's the structure that would be most suitable for me, the overall structure? And then within the structure, what is it that I would love here? Or we can go back to your example of the dishes. What would be most pleasurable? Like, if pleasure was about your orientation, what would I do right now? Would I finish the dishes and then play? Or would I just leave them there? Or would I say, hey, and I know you'd be somebody who would be so prone to doing this. Hey, darling, I know I really want to play, but I also want to get the dishes and the laundry and dinner done. So why don't we do a game that's called playing Mary Poppins and getting dishes, laundry, dinner done, and who has got the most fun? And we'll do it together and then... I could so see you doing this, Bea, right? Where you're yeah. swinging towels and making little challenges in between, and then you make that the game. Yeah. You know, in that moment, that would be pleasurable, and it would be using your creativity and your intuition and all that playfulness. Then that would be your model of pleasure. So this is how the pleasure orientation can serve you. Nice. Because it has, it's the invitation to go at what would be pleasurable. If pleasure was orientation, my directive is this is the sun I'm going to. Where is the pleasure in this question here? Where is the pleasure? What is it? And then you make it up. Yes. And when you make it up along the way, you're getting more and more creative. You pick up more joy and ease and eventually get into flow. I love the concept of turning towards pleasure to ask myself, what would pleasure have me do? And so to tie all this in is when we understand giving isn't just about setting out to do something and then getting it done, 
but actually it's so much more meaningful when you allow yourself the satisfaction of the process which you have through flow one of the great and very easy ways to create that is to use the pleasure orientation now anyone who wants to hear more about this i created a whole mini course it's called the pleasure directive i've written it out and then i explain what i mean by that because i know it's it's a bit of a different kind of concept but the idea is very simply to let pleasure inform you you ask well what would be pleasurable what would pleasure have me do what if pleasure was so important then I that I will have that as my orientation and then you can make some decisions from there see where that takes you and my recommendation is play with that don't take my word for it but next a couple of businesses um, you know I am still alive and kicking and smiling and often people ask me how I do it even though I'm running a mini hospital I go you know I have quite an intense life I run a very successful business how is that possible this is how it's possible I promise you I don't think it would be possible if I was to go from this functional achieving obligation mindset only I'd been the some sort of bin by now because right so yeah. pleasure as an orientation isn't just a, a nice little add-on it's a very um, life-saving and business boosting idea to help you create a sustainable feeling good more feminine more healthy way of being in the world can i have an amen <laughs> yes amen <laughs> oh yes yes amen hallelujah yeah and and we do and so especially women amongst each other where we already have developed a good understanding of some of these principles we need each other to enforce that because none of us is immune to the conditioning as you so beautifully demonstrated that so to know and not yet to do is not yet to know and this is how we all support each other in this constant evolution um, of, of ourselves and and the world all that good stuff hallelujah again thank you Evelyn so much you have expanded my vision and my understanding of pleasure beyond what I hoped for in this episode you you hit the nail on the head as we say in German you are, uh, du hast den Nagel auf den Kopf getroffen when you say women being around each other and informing one another that we don't have to live in a world where we constantly compare each other I know it is hard with all the social media out there but to but supporting each other lifting each other up like being the cheerleader for all of the females around you that's that's why i created the superwoman circle like a community of like-minded women who come together in a safe environment to support each other and lift each other up to grow together to learn from another but it's not just a female thing you probably also have male clients who you talk with about that right more and more men luckily really do recognize that they dry out they burn out they run out of energy and health mm -hmm. if they are too much steeped in this overacting and obligation kind of it's not just a mindset right it's a it's the way of life whereas the pleasure really rejuvenates and creates a nourishing approach to life and business and that is sustainable hallelujah to that as well amen amen to that as well hallelujah praise the lord Thank you so much for coming on and inspiring me and our community. We are very blessed that you are here. 
Thank you so much, Bea, for having me. I really, really appreciate it. And if any of your listeners would like the pleasure directive, the pleasure, then they're more than welcome to get it. It's free. Ooh, that is wonderful. How about that? I will put the link for your website and the pleasure directive in the description for today's episode. And you guys can just click the link. I will head over there as well and get it on... EvelynBrink.com. Oh, yes. EvelynBrink.com. EvelynBrink.com. With an E at the end and in the middle at the beginning. But anyway, it's in your link so people can just <laughs> click on that and then have yourself that pleasure directive. And hopefully it will really, really inspire you and, and help you and move you forward because that is what we want to do in the world. And those were the perfect closing words. That's it. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for staying with us. I hope this episode was as inspiring for you as it was for me. If so, or if you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to reach out. If you like what you heard, then rate the show with five stars and write us an email at bea at superwoman.coach or on Instagram at moving underscore river, write us a cool review. If you don't already know, I'm grateful for you. And remember, stay flowy, my friend.